The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thank you for downloading the final Furlong podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside At The Races pundit Declan Ricks. Hello! Firm member of the final Furlong podcast family now. Declan, I do believe that a little bit later on today, as many people will be engaging in their Christmas celebrations and their work Christmas parties, you're going to be celebrating on a boat. <laughs> yeah, some, um, some smart hours thought it'd be a good idea to get loads of people drunk on a boat. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. And all our fingers will be crossed, Dick, that you won't fall <laughs> overboard. Uh, no, I brought my armbands, Blake, so you're all, I, I can steal your saying for another couple of weeks at least. <laughs> Mike Ward, make sure you've got the life buoy there somewhere safely in sight. And sighing in the background is At The Races Pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. Hi, <laughs> oh, broken him, get in. Yes. yes. Right, we've got some fairly interesting racing. Obviously nothing on Sunday. Uh, but you do have the good news of the Final Furlong Podcast Christmas quiz coming your way. And after we've talked about the first race, I will give you details of how you can win a prize for Leopardstown worth €1,600 for St. Stephen's Day. You heard that right. But let's talk about the JLT hurdle first. number of interesting horses. Call Me Lord could be making his season reappearance. You know what I mean, Harry. Uh, bidding for back-to-back wins. This has been his target since. Lizzie Kelly will be on uh, Argapart. Uh, Sam Spinner. Oh, dear. <laughs> Kennedy loves pronunciations. <laughs> First time cheek pieces for Sam Spinner. Good luck with that. And Emma Lavelle's Paisley Park, who looks uh, a decent horse as well. So, Rixie, we'll start with you. Does Call Me Lord deserve to be as short a price as he is? Or will the old boy, you know what I mean, Harry, find his way into the winner's enclosure again? Um, oh, tough, tough. And there's, I think, first off, there's no, doesn't look like there's any star in this, in this race this year. I suppose. Um, oh, we're, hold we're on, stro- Rixie. No star in this race. There's no star in this division. Well, yeah, uh, that as well. To be fair, yeah, exactly. That, Kevin Blake taking shots at everybody who owns a stair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He won't be sick. You will see Joseph get something out of the woodwork now and win the stairs. Blake will be jumping all around the parade ring. Exactly. So, something for JP suddenly emerges on the scene and, and Kevin's like, oh, that's a fantastic achievement to win the stairs. Can't believe there you it. Go. A bigger hypocrite than Davey Russell celebrating the triumph hard to win on Tiger Roll. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, look, it's, it's, a, it's a poor race. Um, Poor race in quality, but I suppose it, it's a it's a good race in terms of uh, competitiveness. Um, you, you asked me about Call Me Lord. I think he's favourite. On I can see why he's favourite because I think in terms of maybe raw ability, he's right up there with the very the very best of these. But the stamina has to be has to be a huge question mark. And there's probably there's a couple of tracks in England and Ireland that you don't really want to test stamina first time out on soft ground and Ascot is certainly one of those. Um, you know, I think he could be a little bit officially overrated at 160 as well. Uh, he won an end of season affair at Sandown last season off a slow gallop. And I was looking at his pedigree as well. There's loads of pace in his pedigree. So uh, I think the first thing for me, what I'll be doing is we, I think we, this is a favorite we've got to get after taking him on. I like that idea. So if you're going to take the favorite on, who are you taking them on with? Um, I came down on two in the end, and they one is kind of a, a ready-made kind of hurdler kind of in this division, and that was Agripar, and the other one is a really progressive horse in Paisley Park. The I would be all over Paisley Park. I'm just w- worried about the ground for him. He was I thought he was very very good at Haydock to win last time out. Um, he's, a, he's a fine big horse he jumps well uh, he was a bit flat footed before they turned in at Haydock last time but uh, he, he quickened up really 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 well to get there in the end to get up in the line and be trades at midnight you'd have to love how he saw the race out and he's really progressive I actually think the handicapper in a rare occasion has actually underrated him 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm sure there's no Phil Smith knocking around anymore. (laughs) There you go. It's not too often you say it, but he's given him a mark of 152 on my numbers, Kevin Blake. He ran to 157. (laughs) (laughs) On Rick's farm. (laughs) There you go, yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, he won. He won a handicap there last time off one four seven. I I thought he was fully deserving of a ten pound rise for that. So that kind of up and around one five seven. That definitely puts him in and around the house of all of these horses. The only question is, can he perform to that similar level in a better race on much softer ground? Mm. That is the question. So I think the kind of the more the safer play in some ways given the current going at Ascot is soft. And I think they're due maybe another seven or eight mils um, overnight tomorrow. I think the safe play for me is Agripar for Nick Williams and Lizzie Kelly. Uh, he, I don't, he hasn't run at Ascot, I don't think, but he's a proper stayer and the stiff nature of the track, the big climb up there from Swindley Bottom up to the, up to the, the straight will really suit this lad. So I think the bet for me is Agripar and I but I will be having a little stake saver on, on Paisley Park. So that that is how I am gonna gonna play the race. Funnily enough, uh pretty much this time last year he was due to run at Ascot and was taken out due to unsuitable ground, which was on the day good to soft. Okay. Uh so I think it would have been yeah, this, look, this look, race. There, there's every there's every kind of chance that um I may be kind of over factoring the ground a little bit and I, it just looks like he just looks like a different horse this year completely he's grown up he's matured um he's grown into that big frame here so he could go on the ground to be fair he did run at Warwick last January or no January just gone on soft ground behind Mr Whipped and that was soft enough so yeah look I, I do respect Paisley Park he's going the right way. Um, if if you were to to plan it on backing him, I definitely wouldn't leave me me put you off in the slightest. Yeah, uh, no, Arga part now is the one I was talking about was uh, taken out from this race. Oh, sorry, year. apologies, apologies. Um, which kind of just re-emphasizes the fact that they really want to run him on soft ground. Like it's it's heavy is where he's seen his best performances, and it is currently soft as we record on Thursday morning. So yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, you can get yeah, seven to no- one easily. Yeah, there's no doubt. To be fair to the horse, he ran at Aintree the last um, on his seasonal debut behind Holstone on good ground over two mile four, and that couldn't, you know, that's really, really his his couldn't be further away from his ideal setup. And he ran a cracker. He really did. He was only beaten four and a half lengths by Holstone. Um, he was just half a length behind. You know what I mean, Harry? But he was giving him four pounds, and now he's on four pounds better terms. And on softer ground, up and trip. So all in all, uh, I thought that was a, a really, really likable comeback. And now the more rain that falls, now he steps back up and trip. Um, he would be kind of the, the value play for me. Okay, Arga part. So it is for Rixie. Seven to one is a very fair each way price. You've mentioned Paisley Park, a young, improving horse for Emma Lavelle. Very impressive at Haydock last time uh, by Oscar. Kevin, you think this division is rubbish? I wholeheartedly endorse that statement, but we have to have a bet. So who are you going with? Well, we don't have to. Oh, we <laughs> do, Kev. Oh, we do. No, no, no. There's a lucky 31 been placed this weekend, and one of the legs is going to be in this. There's hardly 31 races this weekend. <laughs> Never gets old. Old ones are best, lads. Um, yeah, look, as much as anything, I just... I just hope something emerges from this race to shake up the division a little bit. And to be fair, like there's a few candidates there. Um, I would share Rixie's concerns about Call Me Lord's stamina. But look, if he does get the trip, all of a sudden he's a big contender. Um, so yeah, you'd be watching him very closely. Paisley Park is one with the potential to step forward. Soul emotion. Top notch back over hurdles is interesting. Definitely. I think he's very interesting, actually. And J- um, James again, Bowen, a great that- booking as well, Kev. Yeah, look, look. I suppose he had, he'll have to prove his stamina, and he should be fine. He should be fine, I'd say, based on that win at, in the in the whatever it's called at Sandown there over the. It's just short of two miles seven. Based on that, his most recent run, he should be okay. Yeah. Um, and look, he's got the he's got the class in the book. You know, he's a horse that probably came up a little bit short at the very highest level over fences, but 
the very highest level over fences is a step up to the very highest level in staying hurdles. So it wouldn't be a shock at all to me if he can be a big if he can be a big uh, factor in this division. If he can, um, you know, if he can make the transition back to hurdles, jump them efficiently, and uh, and prove his stamina beyond doubt. But in my mind, it's not something that would. That would be keeping me up at night with him. Can we just expand uh, on that for a quick second, Kevin? The transition of horses, particularly at a higher level, from fences to hurdles, because sometimes it can be difficult for them. But he's had 238 days off the track, and obviously his connections have decided, all right, he's not going to make it to the very top over fences, but possibly can over hurdles. But sometimes when they revert back, they overjump them. Yeah, they can do. They can. They can still think they're jumping fences. Give them a little bit too much air. Look, if you're going, you can get away with being a what do we call it, a slightly airy hurdler um, as a stayer more so than a than a two miler. Uh, but look, you can see what Nicky Henderson's thinking here. You know, call me Lord would jump off the page as you as a, as a potential stayer, but the division is rubbish. So he's going to give him a go and see. Uh, top notch was competing away, winning grade twos over fences there, and doing very well. The staying hurdle division is awful. Give him a go and see what happens. Uh, because as much as we slag uh, staying hurdle, staying the staying hurdle division, you'd rather be going very close in a stairs hurdle than finishing fifth or sixth in a, in a Ryanair or a Gold Cup, I suspect. Well, Kev, it's, um, it's not that long ago, and I know York Hill came off the rails, but Top Notch was second in the JLT with in behind Disco and Politolog. Yeah, and plenty of people were, were saying at the time that... Um, that um, Top Notch should have won that day. Mm. If you'll recall, he yeah, made a, he made he made a mistake. mistake at the second last. Yeah. Um, like his, his form is very good over fences in the main. You know, he's just come up a bit short. And I suppose the, the biggest concern I'd have about Top Notch here and probably why he's the price he is, is his record with Fresh wouldn't set you alight now. Mm. Um, he, he's been beaten at all his most recent seasonal reappearances. Um, he, he reverted the hurdles for his seasonal reappearance last time around. And uh, was beaten behind, you know what I mean, Harry. Um, so who knows? I haven't actually seen any quotes from from Nicky Henderson or anyone. Maybe this is just a warm up for a target over fences rather than a, a wholesale transition back to hurdles. Um, but we'll wait and see what he shows. I think if I think he was ready to rumble, he'd be a fair bit of a shorter price than he is right now. So uh, that's probably the main concern. Um, but I, I'm just hoping something emerges here. And if I if you had to pin me to one of the prices, I, I'd give you never call. A bit of a squeak. Um, I'd say he, he's obviously a very difficult horse to train. Um, has had very little racing over the years. He, he's looked like a bit of a. He's looked a bit quirky at times over the years when he when he started off over hurdles. He, he jumped horrendously, but um, I, I think Kim Bailey was saying that they he had his back was all wrong and they went in and did some work on him, and uh, since he's come back from that. Um, I think the, the the particular one was if you look back on his form, he was beaten uh, at odds on in a, in a novice hurdle at Doncaster, and he jumped horrendously that day, and uh, looked a bit of a a funny fish. But they they went away and did a lot of work on him, and his jumping, to be fair, has been solid since. It hasn't been a problem, and he he made a decent return to action at Perth and came on from it very well to to bolt up at Kempton last time. Um, talking about you know Rixie talking about that the handicapper. Um, not given um, whichever horse it was there much of a rise and like the handicapper in England Paisley is slow Park. enough to, yes the handicapper is slow enough to give him a real big cut um, in England in the main I think especially at the in the upper end handicaps this fella got 13 pounds for winning the Kempton last time um, which is very tasty and uh, look he's up to 157 now and that brings him into the mix we know there's a big difference between winning of, uh, of high ratings and then coming into grade one company and I suppose you'd have a little doubt in your mind about the ground for him, given that most of his form is on good or, you know, good to soft ground. But um, I'd, I'd probably take a chance on him. He's, he's race fit. He's in the form of his life. Um, I think don't think stamina is a big worry for him. And, uh, and look, he has the potential to go on again. And if he handles the ground, hopefully he'd be the one that maybe steps up and shows himself to be, to be an emerging contender in this terrible, terrible division. They say a week is a long time in politics. A season is a long time in racing. Sam Spinner, all the rage for the stairs hurdle, drifting like a barge for this. Well, you'd have to give credit to Jed O'Keefe for sticking with Joe Colliver now because I can only, you can only imagine now, and I'm not knocking Joe, but you can only imagine how many people have been in Jed's ear 
suggesting that he, that he swapped jockey. Mm. And I'm sure there's been plenty of, of top riders sticking their hand up, looking for the ride. And, uh, and it did not go well on, on seasonal return. It'll be interesting to see if they return him to more forceful tactics. Um, I thought they were quite negative with him at Newbury first time back. Maybe he went there in need of the run and they didn't want to burst him. But it, it was kind of disastrous, really. Yeah, so, he had an interrupted prep going to Newbury, I think, lads. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I yeah. just, I, I'd like to see him return with that run under him now. I'd like to see him return to what showed him the best effect last season. And that was um, going a proper gallop in front and grinding them into submission. And uh, we'll get a look under the bonnet, hopefully, and see how much of that ability is still there. You know what I mean, Harry. Was that his big day last time out, or is, or is the fire still burning in him? Actually, there's, there's an amount of fire in there, but maybe not quite as much as there was at his peak. But um, look, probably a combination of, of going back to three miles, uh, softer ground, first-time cheek pieces, all combined to bring him back to, to a level. Um, you know, windy, windy grey too, you'd have to say. But um, look, everything's windy in this division. Um, and one thing you would say about him is that the test that this race will present and the prevailing conditions would really suit him. And I you would want to sleep on him now. You know, I know he's, he's, not, exact, he's not exactly an All-Ireland price, but um, he's rock solid, to be fair to him, now that he's, now that he's back after a, a bit of a... a bit, <sighs> but I say a windy season last season. It was disappointing at the time, but he probably didn't do any more at Newbury last time than he, than he did in his best runs last season. Um, so, you know, he'll probably run to his kind of mid to high 150s and if something can go higher than that, they'll probably beat him. But I, I, I'd be confident enough that he'll run to his level. You never call for Kev. It is Argapart for Rixie, top notch for me, please, at 14 to 1. And you could play, you know what I mean, Harry, with any of those selections in a reverse forecast if you were so inclined. <laughs> Barry Faulkner, an absolute... We sure, surely get a winner amongst us there. Oh, to lads, we're well, going to make media. a fortune, lads. Uh, Barry Faulkner is a absolute legend of out the races and um, listens to the podcast and is famous for his box exactors in the States, reverse forecasts, as uh, we call them. So that's what we're going to do, Barry. Box exactor at the weekend in the JLT. It's the long walk hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the name, the long walk hurdle. Jolly's cracked it is the favourite for the Betfair Exchange hurdle. This race has gone through so many different name changes. It used to be the Ladbroke, but it's now the Betfair Exchange trophy after being called the uh, go for a walk in the park and hold hands with your girlfriend race or something stupid like that last year. Fido for Alan King and Tom Cannon, 15-2. to two. Western Rider is back uh, very quickly and is a 10-1 to one shot for Warren Greatrix. And Richard Johnson, he only ran last week against Brainpower. Uh, I thought that was an odd run. And they're essentially the, the main ones. Is there anything that has really stood out to you, Rick? Uh, this is another another very, very competitive race. And I think it's going to be made even harder to solve by the fact that there seems to be very little pace on. Uh, a lot of these horses in here look to be kind of hold-up horses. So it's it could get a little bit tactical this race, and it's I think it could be ripe for a little bit of enterprise. Um, there's kind of there's oh, there's very 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 few really progressive horses in here. You know I think Jolly's cracked is probably going to be sent off in and around favourite, but I think he's maybe one to to take on now. He had he looked very good at Ascot when he came back 29 days ago. But this looks like a much stronger race, and he's gone up uh, nine pounds in the handicap. So I'm always—I don't know, like what what you guys think, but I'm always wary of backing horses second time out when they come back from long absences. So that would be my kind of—that uh, would be my um, angle on taking on the favourite there. Uh, before I go on to the kind of the two horses that I that I do like. I would give Sirius Darius, uh, uh, Sean Boyce's favourite horse, uh, a, a mention here. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to work out this fella. He looks like a bit tripless or he, a lot of the times when he races, he, he's, he's not really right. He looks like he's kind of a horse who's right maybe once or twice a year at the very, very most. But he ran, he ran a lot, lot better than the distance beaten at Haydock last time on ground that was surely way too quick for him um, he's a big price at 18 to 1 and Barry Garrity is an interesting jockey but for Colin Tizard mm. yeah that's a at the races.com blogger Barry Garrity by the way 
Nice. Now that's how you do it. Nice and <laughs> subtle. There you go. But I think this is only Barry's third ride for Tizard um, in in a long, long, long time. So that, that that's an interesting booking. Big time. Big, but big time. The, the two the two horses that I thought would be the more progressive ones, and they and I think they are fourteen and twelve to one or around those prices, are Paul Nichols's Mont del Avalzoir and Alan King's Lisp, and these two clashed last time out at Newbury, in the Jerry Field and Hurdle behind Global Citizen, and oh they they. They, Global Citizen made all that day the decent gallop, but these two got a good bit out of their ground, especially Lisp. But I have noticed in the past, both of them have been ridden a lot more prominently, and Montez Avalwar has actually made the run in the past. So I am hoping that Alan King and Paul Nichols instruct their jockeys to go back to more prominent tactics, and they could take a bit of beating. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back the two of those I'm actually going to back Montelavaloir each way, and I'm going to back Lisp win only. Uh, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced about Montelavaloir in a in a battle, but he's trained by Paul Nichols. We see what he does every Saturday in these in these big handicaps, and I think he's going to come forward for that run last time out. So those would be my two against the field, gentlemen. I like it. I like it a lot, uh, particularly the betting strategy as well. Kevin, for you, what's your interest in the former Labrook Hurdle now Bet for Exchange trophy? Um, I would give a little shout to First Figaro uh, for Venetia Williams. Um, Dermot Weld used to train him, and I know Dermot taught an awful lot of him um, as a bumper horse. He ran very well in the champion bumper. Um, back in 2016, uh, Davy Russell lost in iron. It was a bit disastrous, really. And uh, he was only beaten just under six lengths. And look, well publicised. Dermot Weld hasn't hasn't had the best time of it there the last couple of seasons in 2017 in particular. Um, uh, and he's he switched to Venetia Williams and got off the mark over hurdles at the first time of asking last time at Hereford. And um, wasn't an electric race by any means, but um, got the job done. Probably didn't need to advance from what he did um, in his best run in Ireland at the runner-up has let down the form a little bit since but I just wouldn't be surprised now if Venetia can pull a bit of improvement out of him a mark of 127 would, would underestimate him a little bit based on the best of his bumper form and um, and Venetia has her horse in great form and he's a big old price so the ground won't be any trouble at all for him so I'll take my chance yeah and Venetia Williams I think you mean Kevin Blake it's uh, is it not the lovely Venetia Williams to give her oh. her true name. Lovely as always. Yeah, of course. Where, there you go. It, where did it, that it come goes, from? It goes without saying. Where did that come from? I don't from? know where that has come from. That could be a, an office kind of thing, but I think everyone that I, a lot of people that I know in racing refer to Venetia as the lovely Venetia Williams. I've heard her described as the glamorous Venetia Williams. Oh, well, yeah. We're on, a, on the, the same wavelength there. It's got to be serious, Darius, for me. Second run for Colin Tizard, having a terrific time of it. That jockey booking of Barry Gerdy is very, very interesting. Uh, and also, second run after a wind up as well. So maybe this is the time. I'm pretty sure that Boise, who'll be back in the podcast early next year, will be, will be back in it. Uh, speaking of wind operations, another horse having his second run after wind up is gold present for Nicky Henderson in the Garrard Silver Cup handicap chase at three o'clock. There's also acting alas for Harry Fry, currently six to one. Gold present at seven to two. Thomas Patrick for Tom Lacey at five to one. And full glass in those Muneer and Swede silks is six to one. Could, of course, go with jamming masters either, Rixie. You might be jamming a little bit later on on this session with the At The Races boys. Who are you going for in this race? Uh, well, I think the first mention, the company mention I will give here is actually for Full Glass, lads, who was put up by our resident anti-post tipster, Gary Nutting, earlier on in the week. So Gary's a, a pretty useful judge. That man and knows his stuff. A boy to I, I would. I would take note. Yeah, that's it. When any time Gary uh, has an anti-post winning selection, we all say in the office, ah, the nut has cracked another one. <laughs> 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 but, 
He does have an extraordinary anti-post record, though. He's definitely like Hugh Hugh Taylor's a genius, and he's the one who who gets all the credit. But Gary has a has a habit of banging in the winners as well. He's well worth reading. Yeah, you know, Gary. He's been in the game a little while now. I don't think he's a. I think he is on on Twitter, social media, and that. But he's kind of he's not one of those characters. But yeah, he is. He knows what he's at. Um, yeah, he's he's a good judge now. He's a good judge. So I think he actually tipped up the winner last week or the week before of the Beecher Chase Warriors Tale. He put that up and he posted that one. So mm. yeah, no, Gar- Gary's uh, he's he's definitely worth a read. Even maybe if you don't if you don't want to join him in terms of the bet, he's he's definitely worth a read each week. Your thoughts on this one? So are you going to be following in nodding? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. This is a really, really good race. Um, first, I think the first thing to say, given the ground looks like it's going to be soft, um, there's plenty of pace on here. So you're, it looks like you're going to need to jump fairly well and you're definitely going to need to stay. Um, you'll be happy to know I had a short list of just five, lads, just five. <laughs> just five, yeah. So I'll tell you who made the short list anyway. So it was the Tago Trail, Gold Present, Benatar, Thomas Patrick, and Jammin Master. That's a good tactic, Rixie. You can claim any of those if they win. Yeah, oh, exactly. Don't you worry. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be claiming it on the tweet machine if one of them goes in. Well, we'll edit it. We'll edit it in post-production and, and put in. <laughs> there you go. Just mention whichever one wins. That's yeah, next le- that's next level stuff from Rixie. I just tipped on runners, so I'll probably not be ambitious <laughs> enough. There you go. Well, I'll look at that. That's not a... That's not a bad way to go either. That's so, been a safe yeah. one for Blake. If you, can't, if you can't win, you can't lose. Exactly. There you go. That's been a safe safe go. one for the Blakester. <laughs> but you, you will be happy to know, lads, I I have come down on, on one. Oi, oi. And I think that one is just about going to be Thomas Patrick. Um, he obviously, he went off three to one favourite for the Hennessy lads. Mm. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, shite. The lad Brooks Trophy. Hey! Oh, genuinely didn't mean that. Sorry, Simon. Simon Clare. Simon Clare is going to be on to you straight away. So, Thomas Patrick, why have you come down on him? Yeah, look, I just I think that it, uh, he's one of the kind of he's one of the few in this kind of race that potentially could still be going forward. Um, you know, Otago Trail is I think he's ten now, and he did make a lovely comeback in the rehearsal chase. Gold present, um, a former winner of this race, beating Frodon. Is only five pounds higher, but I think this it could it looks like it's going to be softer ground this year. And I'm not sure he wants the ground too soft. Uh, Benatar settled a little bit better last time. Bear with me, bear with me, baby. Benatar settled a little bit better last time, uh, but he's stepping up in trip, oh. and it just looked like Thomas Patrick was the one that was the mo- the one that you could give another chance to. I find it really interesting. He was sent off three to one for the, the Ladbrokes uh, trophy. Um, but the time of that race was six seconds above standard. That was nowhere near soft enough for the ground he needs. And Richard Johnson just, I, th- I think Richard probably gave him an over-aggressive ride. I know he needs to be ridden like that anyway, but he just couldn't, because the ground was so quick, he could never get into a nice rhythm out in front. Uh, this more this kind of proper big stiff galloping track should suit. He's gone right-handed before, as we saw at Sandown, and it's going to be much much softer ground. And Tom Lacey had a winner during the week as well. So and he's six and he's running off a fair mark. So when you put all that into the the boiler lads and you give it a good stir, he is the one I've come down on. And I can see why it makes a lot of sense. Thomas Patrick, who you can currently back at five to one. He is six to one in places for you, my friend. Who are you going to be siding with? Um, I'm with Thomas Patrick as well. Um, I think. Rick, but uh, I think Rixie's talking absolute rubbish about the ground at Newbury. Um, it was six seconds slow, but I think they um, like time form call it soft based on the, the, the times on the day. So I, I wouldn't blame the ground. I just think it was one of those that he just had an off day. Um, it was too bad to be true. We'll always forgive one of those. Um, his profile going into the race was excellent. And uh, in, in less competitive waters here, um, I think you have to give him another chance. You're getting compensated with the price. Um, if he hadn't have run last time in that, that magical hypothetical um, scenario, he wouldn't be the color of the price he is for this now. So um, I'd give him another chance for sure. So, sorry, Kev, um, I've often said time for them, having a clue what they're doing. <laughs> right, you know. I, 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 I'd, rather, I'd rather go at my own. I'd rather be wrong my way than their way. 
<laughs> no, no, obviously that that's a joke, you know, whatever. But I do like winding up the time for them, lads, because they can't take it and all that kind of crap. <laughs> and Jimmy Lynch just leaving time for him to become the senior analyst with Sky Sports Racing. And there you go. Even even Jamie had enough of it. I think that was the final straw when they called the ground soft at Newbury. That thing. <laughs> I am off. Good luck. There's no way that ground is soft. That is that is interesting. I just. Uh, you know, six seconds above standard over... It was over, below standard, wasn't it? Uh, above it, standard. It was slower, slow. Yeah, slow yeah, six. no, it was yeah, slower, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, to do that over that kind of trip, like, the ground can't have been soft. Uh, uh, now, the other thing is, what's, the crack, with the, stand, with the, stuff. Yeah, what's the crack with the standard time there? That I, got, I wouldn't trust those as far as I could toss them now. Um, yeah, because, yeah, be, the, uh, because the rails move so much. Um, yeah, be able to, I'll be able to find out if you, 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 it'd be something that you could track down. But I, I just okay. would personally, I, I'd never make any sort of a call based on those standard times. They're basically meaningless um, unless you're talking about um, Dundalk or somewhere, you know, where, where the thing where the thing doesn't move. Okay. And then, See, and then even at that, in, in cases in Ireland, I've seen cases where they, they just return the wrong times. Yeah, you, you hand time, you hand time them. And uh, and they're totally different. <laughs> so just, there you go. I, I'd be cautious of it. <laughs> that does happen way too often, by the way. Way too often, and it's something that Kevin's yeah. mentioned in the podcast before as well. We're all on Thomas Patrick, lads. We're all on Thomas Patrick. We have got an incredible competition with Leopardstown. This is insanely good. So I'll, I'll talk about the runner-up prizes first of all, because Leopardstown is a fantastic meeting to be at over Christmas. Uh, the runner-up prizes are three pairs of flexi tickets. So it's general admission for any one day over the Christmas meeting. That is the runner-up prize. So three of you can win that. Pairs of flexi tickets for general admission for any day during the Christmas meeting. However, our main prize is this. A table for 10 people in the Leopardstown Panoramic Suite on St. Stephen's Day. It has to be St. Stephen's Day, so make sure you're available for that. Uh, we'll get to see Lerichberg taking on Mengele Khan, uh, Void de Rev. It's going to be a fascinating racing post article this year. You will get a full three-course lunch, a private bar, reserved table. Obviously, you'll get your race cards. It's perched at the top of the grandstand with a cracking view of the track. And also, you've got access to the top-level Circle Lounge, which is always a really popular place to be. This package, in total, is worth €1,600. How do you win it? And how do you become a legend for nine of your friends? This is how. Tweet us. Happy Christmas at Final Furlong Pod. And simply tell us your favorite Leopardstown Christmas memory. So for me, it would be B for Salmon. Not necessarily the year he beat Best Mate, although that was epic. As a novice winning the Lexus, as it was known then, that was a stunning performance. So for me, that would be one of them. <laughs> what are you playing in the background there? <laughs> I'm, I'm sending in my entry now, is that, if that's all right. <laughs> Rixie, Rixie, I'm afraid to tell you... Oh, what a race! What a race! Did you get my entry? That's not how you enter. You uh, you tell us what it is. Secondly, brilliant commentary from Desi. Title race! <laughs> Up he gets for Paul Nichols. So your favourite Leopardstown Christmas memory. Happy Christmas at Final Furlong Pod. My favourite at Leopardstown. Include Leopardstown in it as well. Christmas memory is... It could be beef or salmon, it could be Moscow Flyer, it could be Undersoul, it could be Hurricane Fly, whatever. Denman, it's totally up to you. We will pick the winner. You have to be available on St. Stephen's Day to answer our UK listeners' questions. No, flights are not included. But if you are happen to be flying over, you can take full advantage. This is a prize for 10. So you and nine of your friends your family, you can bring to Leopardstown for St. Stephen's Day for that package worth €1,600. We want as many entries as possible, hence why we're doing it this way. Happy Christmas at Final Furlong Pod, my favourite at Leopardstown Races. 
Christmas memory is. And the very best of luck to you. We will announce the winners on Twitter. And uh, that prize comes to you courtesy of ourselves and Leopardstown. I'm sure, Rixie, you will agree as you desperately try and enter it, even though you're not allowed due to the fact that you are an At The Races employee. It is a fantastic prize. Yeah, that look, that is an unbelievable prize. Can you imagine getting together with uh, nine of your mates heading to Leopardstown that day and being looked after like that, watching top class racing? Yeah, that is um, unbelievable. Sensational stuff. I'm really looking forward to seeing who wins this. And remember, you have the chance to win the flexi tickets as well as runner-up prizes. So it is well worth your chance of winning. There's going to be four winners overall, three pairs of flexi tickets, and the 1600 euro package with that exclusive bar for you as well. Enter at Final Furlan Pod. Tell us Happy Christmas at Final Furlan Pod and your famous, your favorite Leopardstown Christmas memory. It couldn't be simpler. And the very best of luck to you. The winner will be announced on the tweet machine. 155 at Ascot. We've got the Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle. This is an obvious race for a five star maximum bet. Danny Kerwin is back, Kevin Blake. Beaten in a tactical battle last time. This time he wins. Um, yeah, look, I imagine he'll be a big price. He's stepping up in class. Um, I really liked his run last time. I know um, he was beaten, but I think he went there in need of the run. And um, it just it, it got a bit messy. Didn't suit him. Ran very well. Um, interestingly, they also had him entered in the maiden hurdle on this card. And they've chosen to run him in the grade two. Um, which is, is you know probably reflective of the regard he's held in. I'd expect him to take a good step forward, and it wouldn't be a shock to me if he was not too far away, away from the shake-up. A little bit, a big ask for him to win now, um, coming in as a maiden on his second run over hurdles. But I, I'm sure plenty will be dismissive of him after last time. But I actually really like that, Ross. I like him as a type. Um, for all our, our slagging of Harry, um, I do actually quite like this horse. And I could see him running well, um, but would be a big ask to beat some of the more experienced um, of his opposition here. Hmm. Uh, Paul Nichols did win this race two seasons ago with Capitan. Uh, I got a Snapchat video from Harry the other day. He was on the gallops saying, here I am having to clean up this bloody mess. Merry Christmas. To which I said, well, why don't you get one of your minions to do it? So as an assistant trainer, out there on the gallops doing the hard job. Uh, you talk about more experienced rivals, Kevin. There's not a whole lot of them. There's not a whole lot of them. Uh, Rixie, when I look at this race, I, I see... I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by how much this horse costs privately. I'm very intrigued by just how confident Harry has been. I know it's a, it's a long-term project with him, but I think he'll go very, very close. And as Kevin said, we're going to get a price about him because of last time out. Yeah, I think he is, he, he's 8-1 to one here. I can, um, I can see at the moment. Um, not sure if that is correct. Um, yeah, look, he, he's a nice horse. The, the worry I would have with him is potentially the ground. Um, I think this ground could be as soft as he'd want it now. But look, he, he was a really nice horse last year. Uh, that day that he won at Kempton beating Pim, um, you know, that he looked really good. And that the fact that Paul and all his team have been raving about him tells you all you need to know. But look, this is a big step up in, in grade for him. So look, I'm, I, I'm happy to watch him. Um, for me, the value, the value horse and bet in the race is actually Seddon, who was third behind Elixir de Nuts at Cheltenham on his last run. These nuts! Sorry, I had to be said. There you go. So, yeah, I uh, on on my figures, Kevin Blake, <laughs> I I had him running to 100 and... Just 100? Th- just 134. And he was a bit unlucky. He just, he could never land a serious blow. And there was one hurdle down the far side. He put in an extra stride and he lost a fair bit of, fair bit of ground. But in general, he was, he's a good, clean jumper. He's a nice size horse. Um, I think the, the kind of, the emphasis on stamina with the, with the ground will help him. And I had him running four pounds higher than Thomas Darby, who was behind, did, you leave, did they leave you out too last time? But Thomas Darby's five to two, and he's eight to one. 
So for me, with all that experience on his side, I think Seddon is the an each way bet at, at eights. That's a very, very compelling argument. Paddy Brennan on board for it. Tom George there, as well. Yeah, there is there is one horse we should mention. Sorry, Emmett, go on. across you like a like a big ignorant fool. No, no. Um, <laughs> there is there is one horse. This horse of Henderson's Angel's Breath has only had one point-to-point start and is favoured at 7-4. to four. Madness. This thing must work the house down. And he was actually due to run at Cheltenham um, last weekend behind Elixir de Nuts. And I know you can't get too wound up with, with overnight markets, but he was priced up at 9-4 to four that night. Mm. And the next morning, I think he was as short as 4-6. to six. So... Obviously, it doesn't. It didn't. Doesn't take a lot of money to do that. But obviously, someone knew what what they had at home. But look, he's a seven to four favorite running first time out in a in a Grade Two. Um, I think at that price, he's got to be taken on. And I've already made my case for for sending. I wonder, Kevin, when a horse is shortened to that price, four to six, how much is that to to do with the fact that someone somewhere knows he's coming out and they want to take advantage of the rule four as much as possible i always get very suspicious um, of that it's a possibility it's a possibility um but look there, there wouldn't have been too many um i know that i have a couple on the tip of my tongue that would have won um grade two novice hurdles first time over hurdles i remember there was you'll probably remember kennedy there was a graham wiley horse wasn't there a few years ago that did that yeah um a, 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 did back in focus do it Back in focus, did it? And was it Pont Alexander? Did he win a graded race, or was it a second start? Um, I think he went off favourite for one. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a very hard thing to do. Extremely, yeah. yeah. To be fair, um, Henderson did it with Santini at Newbury a couple of weeks ago. He was that first. Fe- time? Ah, yeah, but that was over fences, fences though. That was yeah. over fences. All right, sorry, yeah, yeah sorry. I, I reckon it'd be it'd be a more difficult thing to do over hurdles, just because you're well. Generally, you'd, you'd be more inexperienced, you know, bear with the exception that you come off the flat or something like that. But yeah. um, you've just been you've been fired in at the deep end, Kev. Yeah, it's tough. I'm just double checking here to satisfy my own curiosity. Yeah, but back in focus, one a great two that was hurdle first time over hurdles. Yeah, the the one that that'll do nicely for me here is that'll do nicely. It was impressive last time at Weatherby, and the question mark is the, is the ground. Um, he'd be going into unknown territory on this ground. He, he ran on, he ran on a soft surface at Newbury in a, in a bumper and was well below himself. Whether the ground was the issue there or not, I don't know. But the fact that they've declared here on ground that you know is always going to be soft um, would give you encouragement. They don't think ground the ground was the problem at Newbury, so I'd give him a chance there. He ran to a good enough level now to put himself in the mix, and he shouldn't really be a double figure price, I wouldn't think. Um, especially when the your fav is a, is a you know making his hurdling debut, having won a, a point, and um, the the level of form this fella brings to the table, um, entitles him to be not a million miles off him. I think um, at whatever he is, twelve to one. He is sixteens. You can get sixteen. There we go. Now whether or not you can get a big bet on at sixteens is another question entirely. But this will do nicely at sixteens. Uh, very very interesting. And of course, uh, I think one of the things you like about this, Kevin, is the experience he's bringing in, not just the fact that he's bolted up last time out but that he's had the two runs over hurdles so far yeah exactly it'll be, it'll be his third run over hurdles and that, that's a that's a nice little advantage to have in your pocket so right. yeah hopefully he can put it to good use okay that's friday 155 um whether you have listened to this too late it's going to be worth watching that race back anyway because it should be informative but uh, i hope danny Kerwin does it because i'd love to see him win for uh harry the Noel novices chase two mile five rixie anything Take your fancy here. We've got Little Rockefeller back over fences, but more importantly, a horse that we were talking about last week. Ultimately, he was a non-runner. Surprise, surprise. Vindication. He What, do you mean the best horse in training, Vindication? Oh, now there's a shout. <laughs> obviously, obviously having a few lulls there, but no, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of this horse. Um, I, I, I genuinely think last year, if he was given the opportunity, he could have finished in and around Sam Sam Crow's uh, rating. Um, but they connections uh, drew stumps in February after he won at Huntington, beating Western Rider by by three and a half lengths. I just I, this horse is just 
I think he's a cracker. I think he can go all the way to the top. Um, he gets to run now on soft ground, back over fences, having started his career lovely at, at Carlisle. Um, that form hasn't really kind of worked out as, as well as you'd like. But look, that was his first run of the season. I think he'll improve for it. Um, I listened to the, the pod last week and I need to go back and watch it again. But the points Kevin made about him, I found very, very interesting. I know he's going to be running right-handed here again, but um, that I need to go back and watch that. That was interesting. Yeah, but look, I'm a huge fan of this horse. He's got size, he's got scope, he's got a nice blend of speed and stamina, and he's got an unbelievable attitude as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm as big a fan of, of, of indication as there is now, and um, I hope he can develop into a, an RSA candidate or maybe a JLT. I've actually backed him. I backed him both at the, for both races, at the start of the season, and that's how that's how highly I rate him. So um, we, we'll see. This is another step on the road, but he's getting three pounds from the likes of Little Rockefeller and um, Count Mary Bell. And if he runs his race and he can't beat those, I'd, I'd be very very disappointed. I'm loving that enthusiasm, Kevin. Are you a little bit disappointed given the points that you made last week that he's once again running right-handed? I know. Look, hopefully we'll get a chance to have a look at that at some stage. Like he's, you know, going left, going right-handed hasn't held him back from becoming a, a one forty-nine hurdler and chaser. You know, so it's not vital, but I just think it could squeeze um, a couple of lengths out of him potentially. So, um, look, I'd be with Rixie. I like the horse. Um, I'd be hoping. I'd be hoping he can go and win this little rocker fella. Um, you know, sets a standard, I suppose, with what he's shown thus far over fences. But I'd be hopeful the vindication could take care of him. Uh, trip ground should be no problem at all and I, his jumping was quite good in the main last time I'd like to see him jump a small bit better if I'm being greedy and um, he got in a bit deep there in places and he, he was clever enough to get himself out of there but um, I just uh, just a more just a better round basically all in all um, he doesn't he can't improve loads because he wasn't that bad to start with but I just like to see a more um, confident round of jumping from him just with a view to stepping up to the highest level in due course Definitely a novice chaser to be keeping on side. Vindication. Make sure you're watching that race back. And if you have the time and uh, he's any kind of a price, I suggest that you back him. Uh, at 340, there is a bumper, uh, a listed bumper at Ascot on the Friday as well, which should be pretty informative, Declan. It should be, yeah. But um, I wouldn't be the most informative man about this race now. I didn't get a proper good look at it, so I would hate to um, try and bluff my way through it, which is a bit ironic given some a lot of people think I do that anyway. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. look, it's, uh, I, see, I saw a few lads on Twitter, the likes of Paul Ferguson and that, saying uh, the, the bumper is a cracker. And, look, you've got a lot of unexposed, unbeaten horses in there. Um None of them, none of them have really um, kind of got on my radar quite yet because I concentrate on hurdlers and chasers. But uh, yeah, look, it's going to be an informative race, uh, and 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 looking forward to it. So yeah, look, another good race. It's been won by some nice horses down down the years, likes to shut the front door and Super Sunday. Western Rider, and then obviously I think did they leave you out too? He won it last year, so um, yeah. So in the end, I actually did bluff my way through that because I just got up the past winners and just read all that out. So yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you know, another former winner of this race, Kevin Blake, Super Super Sunday. There we go. For was that for Andrew Balding? It was indeed with Barry Garrity on board, and he was sixteen to one. Uh, before there he made go. his way to Henry de Bromhead's yard. Uh, who are you most interested in seeing in this race? I might be like Rixie, I wouldn't have a big view in it, but I'd be keeping a close eye on Chapman's hype, um, not just because of the name, but uh, no. he, he, was, uh, he was he was very good on it. Liz Doyle trained them originally, and um, he won a bumper at Punchestown. Now, it's hard to know what the level of the form exactly is, because mo many of the, the main protagonists were, were newcomers, um, but there were some well-fancied ones in there, including himself. He attracted market support. And uh, yeah, look, he, he did it quite well on the day, and he's since changed hands. Um, you know, uh, not for a fortune, I suppose, seventy-two grand. But he's joined Jamie Snowden, and I'd be interested to see if he can progress. One thing I'd say is Liz Doyle is well able to get him ready first time, mm. well able. Um, so there mightn't be heaps of improvement, but I'd be hopeful every so. 
Yeah, and she's a very talented trainer as well, to be fair. But um, it was in in this day and age, Kev, seventy two thousand pounds sterling is cheap enough considering. It wouldn't be enough to get you jiggy now. No, not at all. <laughs> Thurless on the Saturday as well. There'll be no racing, of course, on the twenty third. But you will have the final Furlong Podcast Christmas quiz uh, to keep you company on the twenty third. We'll see how that goes on. Vanessa Ryle back for that. We mentioned the bumper first of all, Kevin. Some big colours here, Kenners. Oh, we've got Shevely Park yet again, uh, but this time it's not with Gordon Elliott. It's with Willie Mullins. Pragmatic. Yeah. Um, again, I, I suppose the colours were enough to get Kenners jiggy. The price perhaps wouldn't have been enough. Uh, he won a point to point and changed hands for eighty two thousand. Um, but yeah, interesting that Chivalry Park are now in with Willie, and they had a winner with uh, Henry de Bromhead the other day. So it looks like they're they're expanding their hand a little bit, which is fascinating. I think and, they. Uh, was, I think they've got horses with David Pipe and Nicky Henderson as well. Very good. They're going um, mad. I will see how this fella goes. Uh, there, there's a couple of horses coming in here with, with a decent level of form to their names um, if they run, and that's one thing I would say is that despite there having been plenty of rain around this neck of the woods in the last kind of two weeks, uh, mm. there, I have a basin outside of my back door and it's, it's filled up tw- a big you know, full-size basin and it's filled up twice there in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so there's been plenty of rain, but Turles, um, you know, has earned its nickname of the Ireland's first all-weather track. It's, it's very well earned and the ground is still good there. Um, so I suspect while we have plenty of nice entries here, um, I would be cautious about going into too much depth on the card because I suspect an awful lot of them won't turn up. The one that, that really drew my attention, Kev, was General Counsel, who is very closely related to um, champion bumper winner Joe Cullen. Did he cost an absolute fortune? Uh, no, no, he didn't. But uh, he's, uh. It's, the, it's the Joe Cullen connection that interests me uh, because obviously he won the champion bumper for Willie Mullins and he is in training with Willie Mullins. So uh, yeah, we'll see if we'll see which one Willie declares. That'll that'll keep yeah, things home, interesting. Homebred, um, bred by Jackie Mullins. So yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But look, the, probably the most interesting race on the card is the the listed mare's novice hurdle, and there's one there that you could be you could be fairly adamant would take her chance, and that's uh, Sancta Simona, uh, because she has no problem on on good ground. If indeed it is good ground, by the time we get there. And um, she had a big, big reputation before her debut last year. Um, she, I know she's been beaten once or twice, but she's been very good in her in her two starts over hurdles. And last time, you know, I thought there was a lot to like about it. She, she to me, she looks like one that's just riddled with pace. And I know she won over two mile three on her hurdling debut, but I think she's a real two miler. Uh, travels very strongly mid race and is capable of making very, very smooth headway. And she, that that was probably the cause of her getting to the front earlier than ideal at Down Roy last time. So I suspect whoever rides her will be doing their best to hold on to her um, and contain that speed until as late as possible. And uh, I'd suspect she'd be very tough to beat now, even though she's carrying a penalty here and will have to give weight away to everything. Imagine Mark Walsh will be in the saddle. Uh, Ting Tangle would be an interesting one as well. Gordon Elliott won this race two years ago with Shattered Love. She had a bit of a reputation at, at one stage as well, Kevin, but she had a fall. She got beaten by Cole Reevy, but back to winning ways last time. Yeah, and sure, talking about reputation, Salseretta was a big talking mare for a long time. Mm. Um, she was short. She was fab for the Supreme Novices hurdle at one stage, I'm fairly sure. And um, they had trouble getting her to the track. Um, and they gave her Willie, her, her first run for Willie was in the Mare's Novice hurdle last year, which is kind of indicative uh, of the regard she's held in. Um, they were clever enough. They they held on to her novice status and won a maiden hurdle there in the the first week in May, so she's a novice for the rest of the season, and um, she'd be interesting now. I'd imagine they've just been waiting for a small bit of an ease in the ground. Um, if she ran, she'd be interesting and she'd be the main danger to to Sancta Simona, I'd imagine. But unless we get another cut of rain, I'd say she may not, she may not run. It's a race that we can learn an awful lot from. There has been, Kevin is not exaggerating when he says that there's been buckets of water. Uh, outside his place it has been absolutely relentless rain and it hasn't been very pleasant to drive in and yet kevin good ground at thurlis and we're in danger of good ground at leopardstown as well so this unseasonable weather continues to wreak havoc for trainers 
sizing John's not going to go for uh, the Savills chase it is now. It's still called the Lexus. One high-profile high runner, Tony Keenan on Twitter today called him uh, the new version of Conigree. He's become the Irish version of Conigree with the amount of uh, non-runners non declarations he's having. But this is becoming a, a proper issue. We've, we've highlighted it before, but it continues, and it's a real issue for trainers. Yeah, I, I think we'll be okay at Leopardstown. You know, it's yielding on the hurdle track and good, good to yielding um, on the chase track. And there's meant to be a good bit of rain coming in kind of from tomorrow. Um, so hopefully it'll be like, you know, the easy side of good, which which isn't unusual for the Leopardstown Christmas Festival. Like we, we often get ground like that. I know this, this year has been unusual in, in how good the weather has been through the autumn. An early part of the winter, but you know, good good deal and ground is far from unheard of at the Christmas festival. So I, I don't think they do a great job up there. Um, always produce safe ground, so I don't think it'll hold back too many of the big guns from from appearing. Uh, sizing John, I'd say his ground. I think the the issue with him is they could they didn't they wanted to get a gallop into him on grass and they haven't been able to. So mm. I'm sure they'll be able to rectify that soon enough and. Um, and get him out there for maybe the Irish Gold Cup. Maybe they'll find, maybe they'll, they'll fly a little bit um, lower. Maybe perhaps go, he might go to Turles maybe for the Kinloch Bray or something Kinloch, like that. that's but, the plan. Drop, yeah. Drop him back to 2 mile 4 Yeah, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see him out soon enough, I'm sure. But uh, one thing for certain is Limerick will be bottomless because it always is a Christmas. Rumour has it that Ruby Walsh might go there, which is a strange one. Yeah, we'll wait to see. <laughs> I can't imagine he will. I think he'll want to be at Leopardstown, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, get a bird was yeah, impressive. Get, get a bird to be a super ride. Now, to be fair, and it is a great one now. So, and you'd imagine he'd he'd be on plenty of other short price fouls down there as well. So, um, it it, it might it might well happen. It'd be interesting. It'd be the first time it's ever happened. I can only imagine. But, um, yeah, why not? Declan, you are heading off to your Christmas party. So, uh, as Kevin and I will be recording two Final Furlong Podcast Christmas specials, one with Rory Zalargi as we focus on the UK racing and the other with the diesel kid. He returns, Tony Keenan, back on the Final Furlong Podcast focusing on the Irish racing. Who are you most looking forward to seeing over the festive period? Um, I don't know. Look, there's, there's so many good horses going to be running. But Answer the would, question, Rick. What, what I would say, what I would say about everyone... Stop stalling. In, Answer the question. What, all right. The one horse I'm looking forward to seeing over Christmas. Um, I've asked you the question already. Kevin's pushed you as well. Stop stalling. When? Okay, when? Rota, what is Rota, happening with Rota Brexit? Rota you don't have a plan. You, there's no plan B. <laughs> Road to respect. And while everyone is what? while everyone while everyone is crying about the weather, oh, this horse might run because of the ground. He is one horse who will run. Go back and watch last year's Gold Cup on soft, heavy ground. He was travelling as well as anything coming down the hill. It was one of the best Gold Cups of recent memory. He now runs against a load of dross in Ireland. <laughs> he will run. He's three to one. He goes off five to four. Just back him anti post. Happy bloody Christmas. How about you, Rixie? Now that's how oh, you sell oh, a race. All you needed was a tear around the arse and they got you going. You see, another another case put forward for why the whip is needed in race. Absolutely. well. Turned them inside out. Absolutely. Just a little bit of encouragement towards the end. Once he heard the sound, the natural instincts kicked in and on he went. That um, didn't hurt Rixie, did it? No, I loved it, in fact. There in fact, it, it even turns me on a little bit. <laughs> Well, listen. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> whatever whatever you want to get up to in your own private time, Rixie, is is your own business. <laughs> Two Christmas specials coming your way. The festive theme for the final Furlong podcast. Uh, Tony Keenan's here with us for the Irish special, and Rory Delargy taking care of the UK racing. All in the company of Kevin Blake and myself. And don't forget, you can enter our competition now to win our main prize of a 1,600 euro package for Leopardstown on St. Stephen's Day. It is just for St. Stephen's Day. You need to be available for that. It is for you and nine of your friends. Table for 10. It's a fantastic prize. Three runners-up prizes of pairs of flexi tickets. All you got to do is tweet, Happy Christmas at Final Furlong Pod. My favorite Christmas Leopardstown memory is... Tell us what it is. And we will pick randomly. We are giving everybody the best 
possible chance of winning and very good luck to you no declan ricks you can't win from kevin blake good luck from picking stones after gallops declan ricks Good luck and happy Christmas to all of you, you filthy animals. Happy Christmas to you too, my friend. That is Rixie off until the new year. We will talk to you very, very soon with Christmas specials coming up on the Final Furlong Podcast. Thanks for listening. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18+. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, Expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.